This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is, therapy does work. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapists in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. That's BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And today we are diving into Band of Susans. And we're going to cover a couple albums of theirs from the mid 90s. Here's, here's what I'm, my, my main concern, Q is whether or not every single member of the band was named Susan. Uh, and it does look like, I'm looking at your roster, the roster on the screen here, there were several Susans. There were who, several uh, Susans, dude. Who have come in and out of this band, but there are also a lot of non-Susans. So I wonder if the original lineup were the three Susans that were that I'm seeing on this list. Well, we're going to have to learn that together right now, dude, because I'm pulling this one out of of my butt, man. Dude, sometimes those are the best episodes, you know? We're just swinging from the hip. Yeah, dude. Um, first off, Trev, uh, that was... So So the intro was one of the singles on their album from 93, Veil. The song was called Mood Swing. What'd you think, Trev? Yeah, I love the guitar. I, I love that kind of back and forth. That intro. Yeah, it reminded me of Unwound, um, which we did an episode on them a few weeks back. These guys, I think, kind of fall into the like the Swerve Driver pocket. That particular guitar style, too, reminds me a lot of 
the kind of stuff that Brett Daniel was doing on some of the early Spoon stuff. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe there was a little bit of influence there. But, I mean, it's it's definitely the same, that kind of angular style of, of, of guitar uh, where it's just, you know, very stabby. You know, I always think of the word stab kind of comes to mind. It's a great way to describe it, dude. Yeah. Because it's just like in and out, right? Yeah. And these guys were part of that New York noise rock scene alongside Sonic Youth and Glenn Branca, which we covered some of his music. And, um, oh, I can't remember his name, dude. The lead singer from Sonic Youth was a part of Glenn Branca's orchestra. So they drew influence from him. They were, they were coming up alongside all those New Yorker noise rockers. Let's see, dude. Let's let's find out together how many Susans were in the original group. If it's not every single one of them, I'm gonna be really disappointed because that's that's false advertising. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of a bummer. Because um, when I yeah when I stumbled upon this band, that's my first thought was oh cool dude. It's a great name, dude. I love the name. You know what? Even if not even one of them was named Susan, it's a great name. Yeah. Uh, so it was formed by avant-garde flautist. Susan Stinger and guitarist Robert Poss. What a dope name, Susan Stinger. A flautist. A flautist, dude. That's even better. They took their name from the trio of Susans then in the lineup. So there were three Susans. Okay, so those three Susans were in the original lineup. All right. Susan Stinger on, on bass, Ron Spitzer on drums, Susan Lyle on guitar, and Susan Tolman on guitar as well. Do you think that they tried to get Robert to change his name? Like, dude, come on, just just change your name. We need another Suze. Yeah. You don't even have to be Suze. You could be Suze. And that's the thing. You don't, It's not like you have to change your actual name. Just go by Susan, you know? Yeah. Your stage name. I would have done it if I was him. So here's a funny thing, dude. I think we've mentioned this twice now. As, as People like to say this. With any American shoegaze band, they like to say things like, due to their layered guitar sound, they were sometimes seen as the American counterparts to UK shoegazing bands like My Bloody Valentine. Dude, we've now heard that literally every shoegaze band that we've talked about over the past couple months have had that same sentence used to describe them. They're just like My Bloody Valentine. They're America's answer to My Bloody Valentine. I guess it's because my, uh, shoegaze originated in the it, UK. The, so it, it's, it's almost like how Kleenex, everybody knows what that means, even if you're not actually... You know, right? So like, go get me some Kleenexes over there. Like the brand might not be Kleenex, but we all know what Kleenex is or Xerox, right? Can you make a Xerox of this? Like Xerox is a brand, right? So it's almost like my ability Valentine is just a synonym for that particular sound of shoegaze, you know? Right. But they don't they don't have that sound, man. That's what's funny too, right? Is a lot of times we walk away saying, well, they they really don't sound like my ability Valentine at all. So it says here, and this is all coming from Wiki, so. Apologies if uh, they weren't fact-checked. Yeah, by the way, if we ever say that we're pulling an episode out of our... Our derrieres. Out of our derrieres, yep. that, that means it's going to be a Wikipedia episode. Yep. Just, just so you know. So uh, it says, Musically, the band organized their three guitarists into providing an overwhelming wall of feedback and guitar noise layered atop more conventional song structures. Sounds like shoegaze to me. Mm-hmm. 
Due to their atmospheric, wait, due to their focus on atmospheric textures, the band is often considered a peripheral member of the shoegaze movement, though they had a more abrasive sound closer to that of their New York contemporaries than most of the primarily British bands of the shoegaze genre. All right, I think that on that note, let's let's play our first song, dude, because yeah. I yeah, I, I what I liked about so the first album I listened to was Vale from 93, so that intro track was are we going to skip around here? We're, we're going to play we just... from two albums. Okay. I like that it's more guitar, like riff centered. You know, it's it's structurally more like just rock, rock and roll, you know, but maybe sonically it's a little bit more shoegazy. And that's, dude, and that's when we start digging ourselves in a hole, man. We, it, you know, it happens a lot when we start trying to be like, well, why is it shoegaze? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, wall <laughs> of sound, right? Wall Whatever of sound. Whatever that means. And and probably I mean what are their vocals like? Is it kind of your typical breathy, soft vocals, or do they a little bit, a little bit? We'll yeah. Find that you know what, we'll find that together. That's right. So the first album we're gonna jump into is their third studio album from '91. It's called "The Word and the Flesh." The song is called "Susan." <laughs> yeah, all the song names should have been just been called "Susan." How amazing! <laughs> How amazing would that have been? Uh, all right, so we're going to play track three on the record. This song is called Trouble Follows.
big sucker for the drums, man. He's great. I really like it when it's, I mean, that I could do that drum beat, you know what I mean? And I suck, I, I can't drum. But, but yeah, I mean that as a compliment. Like, I like it when it is a really, really simple drum beat, especially when it's paired with something like that kind of noisy mm-hmm. noise rock, right? Because it's a interesting kind of dichotomy or whatever. Yeah, I love his his drum beats. And then vocally, it's kind of yeah, I, I, yeah, kind of more like Swerve Diver, like you were saying earlier. Swerve Driver. Swerve Driver. Yeah, sorry, Marita. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know you're the super fan. Um, but yeah, Thurston Moore. That's his name. Sonic Youth. I just remembered. Um, I think the vocals are more the kind of stuff that you heard coming out of New York. Like it, it has a little bit of a punk. Uh, flair on it you know i think just a little bit in his his vocal delivery but yeah let's let me read these quotes from from different publications on this album here the boston phoenix called it a refreshingly joyful noise the nme said the album was nothing less than pure demonic euphoria i like that i like how um the, the, the band referred to the album as their tribute to the E chord. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. It's kind of funny. So I'm guessing that was the E chord that we heard right there. Beats me, dude. Uh, <laughs> Alternative Press called it a feast for the guitar rock aficionado. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, what is it about the shoegaze sound that people are always drawn to? And it's that's the guitars, man. As Catherine Wheel lead singer i don't remember his name but as he said about some of their music the guitars were the stars you know yeah and i think that's what makes shoegaze there's just something about it just kind of draws you in it's always that guitar sound man well what's great about it is like you're we're not we're not hearing like super sophisticated guitar picking and like guitar solos and stuff it's that's not the kind of guitar that you get out of a shoegaze song it is really just very simple repetitive you know, There's just something hypnotic about it. It's a wall of noise and it's not yeah. yeah, it's it's not like sophisticated in in how you might think like a guitar heavy band might sound like. You know, like I don't know who like like isn't it like a Jeff Beck or uh Eric Clapton, you know, or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it is it's the guitar aficionado is gonna love this stuff. To to me it's just like a rush of um it's like a warm. It's like warmth, you know. It's like a pink. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, dude. It's almost like it's the My Bloody Valentine uh, Loveless cover, you know. It's almost something like that, <laughs> right? But no, um, there is just something that sort of like if you like this kind of music, it just it just feels like something just sort of like rushes kind of over you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude. Uh, there's some uh, publication. Okay, this is a, a UK weekly pop rock newspaper. They said about the album, uh, "This will f- blow your fucking head off. This is utterly dazzling." Dazzling. That's a nice. That's a good way to dazzling. Dazzling. Let's play another song, dude. All right. So we're gonna jump all the way down to track ten. This song is called "Silver Lining." <laughs> Trees are on fire, the sky is in black and brown. 
a good choice, Q, because that's that's a very different sounding song than the last one, and it had a lot of like punk sensibilities to it. It almost oh, reminded yeah, me of, like dude. a pop punk song from the two thousands. Almost reminded me of like a Blink One Eighty Two song. Yeah, a little bit, dude. I didn't even think or about that. Or to to be to put it in the same, to put it a little bit closer to a better comparison, or maybe be like. The, the lead singer of Hum mm-hmm. kind of had that yeah. voice too. But um, yeah, that, the drum beat for sure was like a punk rock kind of drum beat, you know. Great song. Um, and, you know, their their sound changes a little bit between this one and, and the next one, which is Veil, vale, which is the, the next one we're going to cover. I think this is the New York noise rock side of, of, of their sound, you know? Like, I, it's it's... It's not a UK shoegaze band. But th- but here's, let's just take this song for an example of like, if we look at this song, I don't think anybody would say, oh yeah, that sounds like My Bloody Valentine. No. That's why I'm always confused because it's like apples and oranges, you know? I mean, really. It'd be nice to have someone that we could chat about this with that was paying attention to rock around that time. It's almost like we know this guy that writes for the Rolling Stone <laughs> who's on our podcast and was writing about music in the New York scene. He probably freaking interviewed these guys at some point. We should man. reach out to him again, dude, and, and just have him join us to talk shoegaze, period. New York shoegaze. Go. Just see what he says. Yeah. So if you don't know who we're talking about, David Brown, senior writer at Rolling Stone, he wrote a biography on Sonic Youth called Goodbye 20th Century. And uh, we got a chance to chat with him about Sonic Youth. And yeah, we should reach out to him. That would be a good way to just put a bow on it. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the next record of theirs, which is the first one that I heard called Veil. came out two years later in 93. And we're just going to play some music, dude. I got, I got nothing else to talk about. Dude, we don't need to talk about anything else. You're right. Music can speak for itself. That's right, dude. And we are going to play track two on Veil. This song is called Not In This Life.
Yeah, now we're talking, dude. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we got, we got one of the Susans is singing. And as we've talked about plenty of times on this show, I think female vocal, or at least a higher register vocal, is the perfect match for, for, for the Shuge sound. I prefer that vocal sound over Robert, I guess the other singer. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> but I think that's just because I think it it complements the the shoegaze guitar, noise noise rock kind of thing. I think much better than than his voice did. Yeah. But that's just that's just my preference, you know. Um, but anyway, I really like that song. And again, the drummer was great. Uh, the drummer's awesome. Yeah, and you can hear them evolving with their sound, you know. Uh, I really like what Melody Maker says about this album here. It says, Vale soars like Lindbergh's plane, a sublime, breathtaking fluency. This is rock at its most liberated and free-flowing. I like that, dude. Thinking about it coming out in 93 and, you know, how much rock was changing around that time. Yeah, dude, like this is... It's cool that that rock was starting to head in in this kind of direction as far as like sonically, you know, like the wall of sound and the just the change up, man, that shoegaze and grunge had on on the landscape will forever blow my mind. What did it say the most free that rock is? It is the most liberated and free flowing. It's an interesting way to think about the sound of rock in the 90s because it broke free from the freaking arena rock exactly from this, it, it broke free from like the standard rock yeah structure that you had thought about coming out of this the, the 70s and and to some extent the 80s you yeah know? exactly that's why we like 90s 90s rock so much you know it seems like the rules were just thrown out the window that's why there are so many different interesting rock genres rock subgenres you know so many dude. It, it's just mind-boggling when you think about it all right, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to play the last half of Not In This Life. Here we go.
What a cool ending. Yeah, I like how they're kind of harmonizing there. At least they're both singing. Yeah, and like their their voices just faded away at the end there. Yeah, I like that. This is rock liberated and free flowing. All right, well, let's send it on home here, Q. Let's send it home, dude. One more track here to play from Vale. This song is called Troubled Spot. track great great track 
I love the, uh, the instrumental outro there. That continues on and kind of builds on itself like that for like another minute. The majority of the song is just a, a really cool little jam. I'd like to take back all the all the mean things I said about Robert's voice on the last track. <laughs> I love his voice. I, you know, I I think what's interesting about this band is that, and I talked about how her voice is is a really great pairing with the the guitar sound that they have, but then the two songs, Silver Lining, and Trouble Spot, with his vocals, they work really well for. Those types of songs. It's like two different styles of songs that we're hearing, you know, kind of more the punk forward type stuff, like punk leaning type stuff. Um, although that, that last track was just, I guess, more of like an alt rock track almost. Yeah, it was a little more uh, moody. But I love, I love again, the drums and the and the guitar. I mean, they they really work well together in this band. Um, is it another, is the drummer one of the Susans? Uh, no, it's Ron Spitzer. Okay. So Ron is is an amazing drummer because he's, you know, what, what do we say about the spoon drummer a lot? Like, it's not about necessarily being a really complex and like technical and stuff like that. It's about like knowing what beat to play, when to hit the cymbal and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that is what impresses me the most in a drummer. Keeping it simple, it's nothing fancy, but it's just effective. Yeah. Even if it's it's stripped down and bare. I think Ron is, yeah, he's... He's um he knows exactly what drum beat will work with all of you know every single track we've heard today. I I think his drums are perfect. You know, great companion to whatever the the the, the track needs. You know, totally. But yeah, great great stuff, man. Yeah, dive into these records, man. I, I've really only listened to these two. I, I just like how how different each track sounded. Too. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the things I actually don't like too much about. Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. It's, I, I feel like it is all, it all sounds the same, you know, from track to track. Unless you're paying attention. Unless yeah. you're paying attention, yeah. If that's the headspace that you need to be in, like it's the perfect album to put on. Right. But you don't get much variety. You just get that album. Like the album, I feel like is just the singular thing. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. I know what you mean, dude. And you, you kind of, you kind of have to, to sit down and just kind of enjoy it, you know? And it really was the blueprint for so many shoegaze bands. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And Veil, vale, dude, you got to give this album a listen all the way through. Yeah, I will. Man. That one, uh, out of the two that I, I listened to, I really liked Veil. Vale. And that guitar intro that, that that the album starts with and that we played in, in the beginning of the show, killer. Really cool. Yeah. And so they split up in 96. I don't see, at least on Wikipedia, reasons why they split up. But yeah, they weren't together for very long. They were, I mean, I guess 10 years is long, <laughs> but yeah, it's a pretty good run. Yeah, pretty good run. But they came and went. Uh, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're active in, in other groups these days. But yeah, that is our quick and dirty on Band of Susans. Short and sweet for this week. But yeah, man, great stuff. Uh, shout out again to the members of the shoegaze subreddit this was on a uh a post someone was just looking for for bands that kind of went unnoticed under the radar shoegaze groups and someone recommended the word in the flesh by band of susans on there so i dove right into it and loved it so really if you're into this kind of music shoegaze the the shoegaze subreddit is not just 
hey, here's a band that sounds like My Bloody Valentine. So much of it is really great, grungy, alt-rock. It's the stuff we've been covering for the last couple of months. You can find so many great bands, not just from the 90s either. They have There's a lot of people that share contemporary groups in this vein. So Yeah, I've, I've definitely found a lot of modern new gays, if you want to use the term. Uh, to describe some new newer shoegaze bands, uh, yeah, from that from that subreddit. So definitely uh, worth a follow or subscribe. I don't I don't remember what what do you do on Reddit? Do you do you follow or do you subscribe? Uh, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, you know, do whatever it is you're supposed to do on Reddit to to follow them. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good good little collection of songs there, man. And what I like about it is is um, yeah, just how just how different they all sounded, you know. Definitely, I think that's what we've learned about you guys here in our journey this year, and in '90s alt rock in general, just how how varied it is, you know, uh, especially under the shoe gaze umbrella. Yeah, and I feel like we with the bands we've covered so far, like I'm able now to understand how it all fits under that umbrella, you know. Like yeah. I I I didn't think of grunge and shoegaze being two sides of the same coin before I dove into this stuff. But, but now like I'm starting to hear, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But you know, grunge also swings way over to the, to the, like the, the heavier, almost leaning toward metal side in, in ways that shoegaze doesn't, unless we're talking about doom gaze, of course. But yeah, there is like a sweet spot where there's a lot of, of like crossover between the two, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, and I, I think I think we talked about this too at some point, but like shoegaze was almost overshadowed by grunge when the grunge like when grunge went into the mainstream, right? But then grunge went away, but but, but shoegaze and dream pop have always been there. We're gonna kind of dive into grunge's comeback, right? We're we're gonna cover Narrowhead. We're, yeah, we're, we're gonna talk about. We're not gonna really stay in that vein, but. We we have a batch of episodes lined up where we are finally going to step out of the 90s. I know we've talked about how we could stay in this decade all year, and we could, but we're, we're going to take a break from the decade, but not necessarily the sound. So we're still going to be talking about the same type of rock or, or subgenre of rock or whatever you want to call it, but we're going to talk about and finally do a proper episode on Narrowhead because... They've been a staple on this podcast for like the last two years because they show up in What You Heard's. They show up in, you know, Best of the Year. Yeah, it's it's it needs to be done. I, I want to get into these guys and kind of find out their story. Yeah. So we're going to talk about their first full-length album called Satisfaction. And um, yeah, the, the, they are, like I've said before, like they, they really take the best of 90s alt rock and just sort of created their own reimagining of it i guess but like you will pick up on a lot of different uh 90s alt rock sounds when you listen to this record but they just do it they do it like flawlessly like perfect right it's not a carbon copy of any of those sounds it's really like recycled in a really unique way yeah it's like a it's like a pickup right like a continuation of yeah yeah but yeah we're gonna do that maybe next week and then we've got a few more shoegaze um, bands from like the 2000s and, and on that we're going to talk about. One that I'm really excited to talk about called Pink Shiny Ultra Blast. Um, this this record is amazing that we're going to talk about. And then 
you know, a few other bands we have in mind. And we'll see how long we can we can take that, you know, because I think we're, we're, we've, they're, they're, like we've said before, man, there's there's an, a never-ending uh, amount of amazing shoegaze bands out there to talk about. I'm not bored with it yet. I know you're not. Hopefully the listeners aren't, but. I don't think they are, man. We've, we've been getting some love. We've had quite a few listeners reach out to us and. Actually, this is a good segue, dude, because we're going to fade out with this with a song from an artist that Adam suggested for us. He actually reached out to us a few months back, just letting us know that, that he really liked the Hum episode. And um, he just messaged us today with a recommendation for a group called Big Hush, who I, I don't know anything about this band, haven't listened to any of this stuff yet. And we're just going to outro us out with the first track on their album from 2017, Spirits Slash Holes, which is an album he recommended for us. Well, let me tell you something, Adam. If you love Hum, you got to tune in to next week's episode. So yeah, thank you, Adam, for for the recommendation. Um, if you have a band that you think we should cover or, or talk about, band that you like in this vein, reach out to us on Instagram at no filler podcast you can email us at uh no filler podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you we love listening to to the bands that y'all suggest for us keep them coming and yeah as always you can find us on the pantheon podcast network that is the network for music lovers that's at pantheon podcasts on instagram pantheonpodcasts.com is the website and as always we want to give a shout out to AKG for supporting the show and the network. And yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Again, we're going to fade out with a group recommended to us from Adam called Big Hush. We're just going to play the first track on their 2017 album Spirit Slash Holes. This song's called Soft Eyes, and that's going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name's Quentin. My name is Travis. I'll take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 